Well, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, says this. It says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. I had been intending to resume our study of Psalms today, but as the events of this week have continued to unfold, and I have watched, as we all have, how people have been behaving and the events that have taken place. And I felt it would be good for us to be reminded of who we are supposed to be as followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm not going to talk with you about politics. There are enough political pundits sharing their opinions. You certainly don't need mine added to the mix of all of that. What I want to talk with you about today is character. Specifically, my character and your character as it relates to how we interact with others that we don't agree with. I don't have a lot of influence over how others think and behave, but I do have influence over how I think and I behave. And that's something that the Lord holds me responsible for. What we're going to be talking about today has application in all areas of our life, in all of our interactions with others, whether it's in our marriage, with our friends, at work, on the freeway while we're driving, online with social media, all areas, this stuff is applicable. Jesus Christ, our leader, said this, Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who create peace, establish peace, work for peace, are a source of peace. They are children of God. They behave like God. They walk in the footsteps of God. They are of the lineage of God. They share the character of God. So my first point is this. Jesus Christ, our leader, is a peacemaker. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace because he has done such great work in this area of peacemaking. He is not the God of war. He's the God of peace. We're told in Romans 5.10 that while we were enemies of God, Jesus Christ died for us to reconcile us with God to make peace between us. Through his life, his death, and his resurrection, Jesus has brought peace and reconciliation to the most broken relationship in our life our relationship with God. Colossians 1.19 says, For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, Jesus, and through Jesus to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. See, we worship and follow a peace-making God, and He wants us to follow His example and be peacemakers. Look at how important it is to Jesus that we be peacemakers. He tells us in Matthew 5.23 to put reconciling with others above our practice of worship. 
Matthew 5.23, Jesus said this, If you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled with him. Then come and offer your gift. Reconciliation, peacemaking, should take a precedent in our life. Well, here's a description of a peacemaker. Flip over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And I want to look at this passage in verses 14 through 21 because it describes a peacemaker for us. Beginning in verse 14, it says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll be heaping burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I want to go back up to verse 14 and, and take a look at this and break it down as a description of a peacemaker. It says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. A peacemaker blesses others, even those they are at odds with. Verse 15. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. A peacemaker empathizes with others, both in joy and in sorrow. They seek to understand others. Verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. A peacemaker lives in harmony with others. A peacemaker is humble, willing to associate with anyone. A peacemaker is not conceited, holding an inflated opinion of themselves. Verse 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. A peacemaker forgives offenses against them. A peacemaker tries to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Verse 18, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So a peacemaker seeks to live at peace with everyone. Verse 19, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. A peacemaker trusts the Lord to make things right. Verse 20, a peacemaker is kind even to their enemies. And finally, verse 21, it says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. A peacemaker overcomes evil with good. Flip over to James chapter 3 for a moment. Because my next point is this, is that godly thinking is characterized by peace. Godly thinking is characterized by peace. In James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, James presents in this passage two kinds of wisdom or two kinds of thinking. 
the wisdom of this world or the thinking of this world versus the wisdom of God and the way that God thinks. And the thing I want us to take particular note of is how the wisdom of God, the thinking of God, is characterized by peace. Godly thinking is characterized by peace. So in verse 13 it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. The characteristics of the wisdom of this world, the way this world thinks, is Bitter envy and selfish ambition. Survival of the fittest. Dog eat dog. Do whatever you have to do to make sure you get ahead and you stay ahead and that you win. This kind of wisdom is earthly, unspiritual, demonic, James says. And we put quotes around this wisdom because it's not really wisdom at all, is it? When this wisdom of envy and selfish ambition is followed, it produces disorder and every evil practice, James says. It produces the opposite of peace. It is anti-peace. Consider the character of the things that are being said and the character of the one saying them. Is this person leading a good life and doing deeds done in humility Or is this person being motivated by envy and selfish ambition? This person may be claiming to be wise and understanding, but they aren't, according to the Word of God. They are a fool instead. Verse 17, James continues, he says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. The wisdom of God, the way God thinks, His mindset is one of purity, it's peace-loving, it's considerate, it's submissive, it's full of mercy, full of good fruit, impartial, sincere. This is godly thinking. This is the wisdom of a peacemaker. This is the thinking of a peacemaker. This is the mindset of a peacemaker. When this kind of wisdom is followed, James says, a harvest of righteousness is produced in our life. Be a fire extinguisher rather than a flamethrower. Proverbs 15, 18. It says, A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, is a flamethrower. But the one who is patient, or slow to anger, calms a quarrel, or is a fire extinguisher. When we are controlled by our anger, rather than controlling our anger, bad things are the result. We are being a flamethrower, rather than a fire extinguisher. Proverbs 15.28 says, The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. Proverbs 29, 22, it says, An angry person stirs up conflict, and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. I'm ashamed to have to admit that my hot temper has committed many sins. 
I have caused a lot of pain and trouble and done a lot of damage and stupid things because of my hot temper. Now, someone might say, well, you know, sometimes we need to be angry. Sometimes anger is justified, Jeff. Not all anger is wrong. That's true. Anger is sometimes justified. But uncontrolled anger is never justified. And justified anger is usually pretty easy to identify. It doesn't need to be defended. Justifying our anger is usually a slippery slope. An angry person is usually a person who is not under control. And we just read in Proverbs that a hot-tempered person commits many sins. They are out of control. A Bible passage that is often used by a person who is trying to justify their anger is Ephesians 4.26, which says, In your anger do not sin. And they will reason and say, See, it doesn't say we can't be angry. It says don't sin while we're angry. Here's the catch. First, we need to be, or we, we need to truly have a righteous reason for our anger. That means a Jesus-centered reason for our anger. And second, we need to express that righteous anger in a righteous way, or in a Jesus-honoring way. We need to truly have a righteous reason for our anger, and we need to express that anger in a righteous way. There are not many people who can satisfy both of those conditions for their anger. And most of our anger can't satisfy both of those conditions. James 1.19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. It says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. These are all characteristics of a person who is in control of their self when in conflict with another person. When we are slow to listen, quick to speak, quick to become angry, we are almost always acting like a fool, embarrassing ourselves and causing unnecessary conflict and pain. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. This is the kind of behavior that the Lord desires of us. Be a fire extinguisher, not a flamethrower. Proverbs 15, 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Answering a person with the same kind of angry tone that they spoke to us usually makes things worse, doesn't it? That's being a flamethrower, not a fire extinguisher. A gentle answer comes from a person who is seeking to bring peace and understanding and reconciliation. They're more concerned with winning the relationship rather than winning the argument. 
Proverbs 29.11 says, Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Proverbs 12.18 says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Ask yourself, what is the intent of the words that I'm speaking? To wound or to heal? We need to use healing words rather than wounding words. We need to be fire extinguishers rather than flamethrowers. Ephesians 4.29, Paul wrote this. He said, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Colossians 3.12 Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. 1 Peter 3.9 Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, Repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Be a fire extinguisher, not a flamethrower. Before you reply to that other person or make that post on social media, ask yourself these three simple gatekeeper questions. And if you can't answer these three questions with a yes, then maybe you don't need to say it or post it. Here's the questions. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? In closing, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. I want to encourage us to be peacemakers. This world needs peacemakers. They need fire extinguishers, not flamethrowers. You may not agree with someone else, 
there's a flamethrower way to disagree with them, and there's a fire extinguisher way to disagree with them. We can set the whole place on fire, or we can spray fire retardant on the flames. May we choose wisely. May we choose to be peacemakers. As we've talked about peacemaking today, the Lord may have even brought to your mind someone that you need to be reconciled with. And I know it's really hard to face that person and do what it takes to make things right with them. Apologize for things that we're responsible for. Forgiving that person for how they've hurt us. But we need to do it. We're imprisoned by our own anger and resentment until we do. Don't put it off. The longer we wait, the harder it gets. Determine in your heart, even in this moment, that you're going to reconcile with that other person the first opportunity you get. And I want to say, make the opportunity. Don't wait for the opportunity. What if the person doesn't receive your attempt to make peace with them? Do everything you can to make peace and leave it with the Lord. Let us be peacemakers. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I pray for every single one of us that we would follow your example and we would be peacemakers. Lord, I pray that you would call your people to follow your example, that we would seek peace, Lord, that we would pursue that, that we would seek to reconcile, that we would seek to build bridges with people rather than burning bridges. Lord, that we would be fire extinguishers rather than flamethrowers. That Jesus Christ would be glorified in our life, in our actions, and in our words. Lord, we ask that you would give us hearts of love, hearts that want to please you, and that our devotion would be to you over everything else, that our allegiance would be to you over everything else. Thank you, Lord. Make these things so in us. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.